0: Hello to everybody with a show stealing cat. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour on phone call, no names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me.
0: Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous a podcast that's pretty good man I'm thinking about that I'm proud of this podcast gives people something I hope you get something out of it especially right now hope it's uh, helping to provide you some distraction when everybody's working from home and right on top of each other and you're still trying to get all the stuff done around the house that needs to get done and now you're a de facto teacher on top of all your regular Dude, I hope this I hope one hour a week you get to throw some headphones in listen to me talk to some random person out there in the world. That would make me feel good to know that that's happening out there. The call you're about to hear, any listener who loves this show would agree, this one is what this show is all about. It's a person having some very real struggles with real life. Those struggles involve their travels in the world as well as their own internal mechanisms relating to mental health, all classic hallmarks of the show. And then also you'll see it, it, about the, so the first 20, 25 minutes really focuses on that. And then there's a very long stretch of uh what I what I am confident is is some pretty funny self-deprecation that that our listeners gonna love. And then of course it wraps back up with more emotional stuff. And uh it's it's a it's it's one of the calls it's the type of call that makes me feel proud i get to do this psyched i get to do this and also i think for uh, for a lot of long-time listeners they're going to go this hits all the check marks of why i like this show so thank you to our caller Uh, i will say everybody will know what this means soon but i'm going to say it's up to you nobody else i hope that's something that we all believe out there enjoy the call
1: thank you for calling beautiful anonymous A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hey. I feel like I'm obligated to say, is this Chris?
0: It is. You nailed it. What a weird catchphrase (laughs) to have associated with you. People just asking you if you are you. That's a good thing. That's a sign of a good life well-lived.
1: How are you doing today?
0: I'm pretty good. How about yourself?
1: Uh, you know, I've been better, um... I start back to work today uh, after like two months off with the whole pandemic. Pretty anxious.
0: Yeah, and are you, you're going back into work or you're working from home?
1: Uh, I'll be going back into work. Um, I work very hands on with people. Uh, oh, wow. Close quarters.
0: That's stressful.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> pretty nervous about it.
0: Yeah, you don't sound thrilled. And I get it.
1: No. Honestly, I I just think it's too soon for this kind... It's not a... It's a luxury service. It's not something that people need. Uh, And I feel like it's just too soon to be taking that risk for a luxury.
0: And... Can I ask, are you living in a state where there's a big push to reopen?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm in Ohio. Um, We did shut down pretty early uh, compared to some other states. So we're opening kind of early compared to a lot of states. I still think it's too soon, and I think we're going to end up hitting another big spike, unfortunately, from people not being careful.
0: Yeah, just based on what you're telling me, I'm like, I I read stuff where I'm like, I get like, I, I do get that if you're a small business owner, you've poured your savings and your time into a dream, how you're going, come on, we got to reopen, we got to reopen. But I also think like what you're, what you're saying of like, well, it's only going to get worse if there's another big spike. And then I'm also hearing you, it doesn't sound like and I'm assuming, and this might not be the case. It doesn't sound like you own a business. It sounds like you work at a business where it's like, I'm not the one who poured my dream and savings into this. I don't want to catch this fucking crazy thing. Sorry, Sally, but it sounds like you're right. in that you're in that position of like, I, I'm I'm just getting my salary or my hourly wages.
1: Right, I, I do. I love my job. Um, you know. I've- put a lot of work into just getting here and I'm still really at the beginning of my career. Um, Sorry, the cat's yelling
0: at me. That was, Um, I was just going to say, was that an adorable cat? That sounded, I have, sorry to interrupt because I wanted to talk more about you but that, you have to understand that sounded like a cartoon recording of a cat, like of an adorable (laughs) little kitten. It sounded like if you pushed a button on a uh, soundboard that that's the noise that a cat would make.
1: He's, very he's an
0: attention whore sorry Sally I've I tell you but if
1: he's fine I guess (laughs) if
0: he's looking for attention he just nailed it because that was insanely distracting (laughs) very cute what's the cat's name because people are going to flip out at that meow
1: (laughs) his name's Oswald he's huge and loves people
0: his name's Oswald and he's a big giant cat
1: Yeah,
0: he's a big uh, tuxedo cat. Oswald is a giant tuxedo cat who walks right up to a phone and meows into it. Well, now (laughs) now Oswald's going to become a a celebrity within the world of beautiful anonymous. Not even five minutes in and Oswald's in here trying to (laughs) undercut you, steal your thunder. Yeah,
1: I mean, he can take over if he wants, I mean...
0: Nah, no way. He's got a lot to say. (laughs) I can't imagine that I'd be able to speak with a cat for one hour. I mean, I'd invite someone to prove me wrong. (laughs) But if a cat calls in, I'll try. But I can't imagine it going great.
1: I would listen to that episode for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it would be a... People love seeing me at the center of a disaster, so I think it would go well, but it would be a (laughs) stressful hour of my life.
1: So let's, uh, well, let's get back to you. I mean, if you're going to have... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've totally lost what we were talking about.
0: Tell me, you're at Before the beginning killing. of your career. You love your job. But yeah. what are you yeah. doing going back in here?
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, thankfully, I have a, a boss who's pretty understanding and has really put a lot of things in place to help protect us and protect our clients. Um, but again, it just feels like, you know, the risk is not worth it. And I'm also in a position where going back to work, I'm going to make less than I've been making on unemployment, which is Oof. so insane to me um, to put myself at a higher risk. So it's like, oh, none of it really seems that worth it right now. Yeah. I don't know. I've, uh, have like anxiety and depression issues my whole life um tried several medications did not do well on them so kind of had to find other ways to deal with my issues um I feel like for the most part normal circumstances like my anxiety is pretty under control I do a lot of meditation and mindfulness and I have a lot of like breathing exercises to help me get through, you know, the, the tougher moments and none of that's helping now to the point that I'm actually about, uh, I was going to call my doctor's office right before I called you instead. I mean, if you Uh, need to to go do that, that's
0: that's a better use of your time. Let's just put that out there. If you, (laughs) if you need to split Although if you promise me you'll call them anyway after this, then I don't feel bad. But if it's yes, hey, yes, I, I
1: absolutely will. Oh, good. <laughs>
0: if you're like, well, I really only have time for one phone call today, I would ask you, hey, we'll talk some other time. Go talk to your doctor. But I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, yes,
1: we'll definitely still be calling them.
0: Good, good, good. I mean, obviously, I understand um, the exact types of issues you're talking about. I am medicated, but I'll tell you, even on my end. I don't know if you find this as someone else who deals with it, but when I'm finding that in the midst of all this, when the anxiety does flare up, it's like flaring up in ways that I'm not used to and not familiar with, which is crazy because I've spent about half my life with doctors figuring out how it affects me and what the warning signs are. And now it's this wonky new reality where when it hits, kind of blindsides me again. Scary stuff.
1: I feel like there's levels to panic attacks and they all feel terrible, but I had, um, like the worst level that I have, which is like, I, I didn't even like cry or anything. I went straight to hyperventilating and I, it sounds dramatic to people who don't have anxiety, but I felt like I was going to die. Yeah. Just, I couldn't, I couldn't be a human anymore. I was clearly just going to cease to be.
0: I know know that terrifying feeling of which you speak. I do know it. I'm sorry that you're dealing with it.
1: Yeah. uh, Like none of my normal ways that I deal with my anxiety are really helping right now. Like I can't, I can't even bring myself to that meditative state at this point, but It'll all work out, I'm sure. It's just not fun right
0: now. No, no. Now, I'm curious. And if you feel like, "Eh, I don't want to get into it, that that's a little too identifying. I am curious. You said you're going back to the situation. It's causing you anxiety. You said you work in close quarters with people. Can I ask what you do? And again, if you're like, "Eh, I'd rather not, that's fine. Uh,
1: I am a
0: cosmetologist.
1: Cosmetologist. So I work.
0: Yeah, I work in a salon. And is this like, uh like what type of, are you like makeup application, facials, what types of stuff? Mostly hair,
1: uh-huh. uh, mostly hair and nail.
0: Yeah, I get wow. what you're saying. I would, I tell you, I would love a haircut right now, would love it. I have Googled when, <laughs> when do barber shops reopen in New Jersey. I, I I will tell you that I have, but also like you said, like I can look a little shaggy if it if it keeps you safe, and then it's ah uh, it's so where from your end of it it's tough. Where I'm like, all right, I can go to a barbershop. shop. I'll be in there for maybe half an hour, and then I get to go home, and that's my mentality. And the, but then you're on the other end. You're working in the salon, going. Well, I'm the one who's going to be here for 6 hours while there's a parade of people who I don't know. I don't know how responsible they are, how safe they're yes. being. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks.
1: Yeah, that's that's really <laughs> what it's come down to for me is like I'm going to be there you know several days a week for several hours at a time and touching various people like head
0: and face like there's
1: not much more exposed I can make
0: myself you know I hate to laugh it's a laugh of frustration when you describe it like that hey I'm I have to go back to work and my job involves touching strangers faces in late May 2020 (laughs) oh who wants that yeah (laughs) who wants that they're telling us we can't even touch our own faces right (laughs) you gotta touch
1: other people's faces it's so weird, like, in Ohio at least, I don't know if this is the case everywhere, but people were, like, really adamantly pushing for barbershops and salons to reopen and going and looking at it, you know, it was not, it was not barbers or cosmetologists pushing for this, it was people who just want their hair done, and it seems so weird to me and selfish, like, it's not you that's on the line. And now, you know, as far as like looking at the stats of it, like under the medical field, the next or one of the very next uh, field of service that is most likely to be exposed is cosmetology because we're so hands on.
0: Oh, that's really, that's really getting me mad. It's really getting me mad because other people, and, and and now I've heard too, and tell me if this fits the situation uh, that your boss is in. Because I would have to imagine your boss, you know, at, your boss at some level is either a manager or maybe even someone who owns a business going, all right, I got to try. But I've heard there's another side of this reopening thing, which is that if your, if your place of employment opens and you say, I'm sorry, I can't go back you can't get unemployment anymore. Is that true?
1: Yes. uh, I actually had to deal with that decision of, do I live off the money I have saved up right now for a while and not go back? Or go back even though I'm uncomfortable? And ultimately, why I made the decision to go back was because I feel the obligation to my clients, which, I, you know, I appreciate my clients so much. They're why I have a job and they're, you know, who I get to spend time with at work and they make it so fun and I love what I do, but I do feel like a little bit like, um, <laughs> like I'm, I owe it to them and it feels kind of wrong. I
0: don't know if that made sense. but No, it does. And what's driving me nuts is I know, I got to tell you, I'm really happy I'm talking to you right now because I feel like there's many, many, many people all over the country, all over the world, but especially in the States where capitalism kind of rules all. And I'm not trying to sound like a communist. It's just a fact where there's thousands of people in your body. No, I totally agree. It's like, all right, business reopens, and I guess that's good for the economy, but I just can't figure out. I can't figure out when in my lifetime, and maybe it's just always been this way, but when did numbers start counting more than people's safety and people's comfort? And hearing your voice as you're talking about, you're riddled with anxiety. There's nothing you can do to shake it right now because you got to go back in and cause you know, I mean, you owe your clients and you say you feel an allegiance to your clients. And I totally understand that. There's also another side of this too, that I think you're being very, uh, classy about though, which is in your line of work, if you don't go back and a client goes to someone else and they go, Oh, I actually really like that haircut. And now they go to that other person. That's a chunk of your income. You're, you build a Rolodex of regulars over time. That's part of your gig. So they're putting you, a person yeah. who needs money and who works hard. Why? So that, so that the Dow Jones doesn't dip anymore? F- this whole fucking system's weird to me. This whole system's weird. So these numbers that some people effectively just make up go in the right direction? I don't like it. It makes me feel icky. It makes me just feel icky that this is our priority. But I, then again, I'm also very blessed with money, and I understand some people aren't, and they want to get out there work. And so I get both sides of it. But hearing you and hearing how scared you sound right now, I'm getting pissed off on your behalf. I'll tell you that.
1: Well, thank you. I haven't had uh, the energy to be angry for myself. I've mostly just been scared. <laughs> but uh, um, I totally agree. Like, I know that, you know, obviously the economy's taken a hit, and that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly and that we do have to be concerned about. But I am of the opinion at least that you know the economy will bounce back, but you can't bring back those lives that are lost by trying to get everyone back out into the world too soon.
0: Yeah, and and your perspective right here is a very important one because I'll tell you something. And I say this, I hope this doesn't, come off in any way as if, uh, as if I'm, as if I'm trying to minimize, uh, what you do, but I'm, I'm saying it as, as a supporter and someone who really believes in hardworking people, the fact that thus far it's been Instacart delivery people, Amazon delivery people, people who work in meat packing plants, These are the people who are being told, no, you have to go to work. You have to. And now that it's slowly opening up, you're a perfect example. Well, the next people who are being told, get back in the trenches, it's you. It's the person cutting the other person's hair. And here's the thing I know for a fact. Some of the people who are going to come get their hair done are probably people who are of a financial means where they're going out to get their hair cut. They're going home and they're not going out again the rest of the week cuz they have the luxury to not do that. And yet you have to be the one waiting there for them right. because you're not in a position to do that. And it's real it just makes me mad. It just makes me mad. I'm going to go on record bold a bold statement <laughs> that is very controversial. The fact that the working classes are the one are the ones taking it on the chin and being told, "Yay, the economy's open." Now, now you go out there. Was that the Was that Oswald again? <laughs> yeah. Can you let yeah, o- it was. Can you let Oswald know that I'm out here trying to go on like like a rant about the put upon nature of the blue collar worker in America in a sort of like Billy Bragg-esque <laughs> fashion and that he's in there jumping in right when I'm in the middle of a very inspiring speech that's going
1: <laughs> I know he totally broke your stride. I'm out
0: here. Yeah, I'm out here That's trying so to. so rude, Oswald. Just trying to stand up for the hardworking people of America. And Oswald gets in here and just lets out a meow. And I can almost see in my mind he has a cute little smirk on his face right now. God
1: damn, Oswald. Oh, yeah, he's totally thrilled with himself.
0: Why'd you name him Oswald?
1: I didn't. It's actually my roommate's cat.
0: Your roommate named a cat Oswald. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: I I just call him, cat or sir, like sir. Stop meowing into the phone, please.
0: Sir, you call him sir. So Oswald kind of runs the household.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a tuxedo on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's fancy. You got to address him properly.
0: Yeah, he's a gentleman. He's a real gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> now, since my whole working class must rise up, and because look. But Here's another thing. Look, I want to cop to it. I've had a few good years in entertainment. I had many years where I didn't, but I am lucky where I get to work from home. I'm sitting right now doing this podcast from home, so I am one of those lucky people. I just want to finish the thought by saying those of us who are in a position where we aren't the ones being told, all right, get back out there on the front line, I think we need to think really, really seriously about how much of this stuff feels essential to us, how much of this stuff is convenience for us? Because if you can trade in a little bit of convenience to keep someone feeling safer and more comfortable, you gotta do it. Because too many, too many people, politicians, business people, are viewing the bottom line more than they're viewing humanity. And it is on us as consumers, to think about where we spend our money. So that's another thing. Now, can I ask you a more lighthearted question now that I've finished that thought that Oswald so rudely interrupted? (laughs) Yes. Now, I don't know if you're just a listener to the podcast. Do you know what I look like?
1: Yes, I do.
0: What can I do with this (laughs) hair? I'm 40. The receding hairline is sprinting in the wrong direction. What do I do? How how, At what point does a guy know when it's time to just call it a day and just shave it? You know, whenever I say be honest on this show, I am reasonably sure that that you guys are going to be honest with me. And uh, man, uh, I'm nervous for the answer to the when should I just shave my head question. So, uh, well, I'll find out together when we get back. All right, everybody, that was the break, and now we find out, when do I just call it quits with this hairline and shave my head? How <laughs> at, at what point does a guy know when it's time to just call it a day and just shave it? What do I do?
1: Because um, I also
0: have a gigantic melon head. Yeah, because I have a giant melon head, and my I almost have non-existent eyebrows. My eyebrow hair is so light. So what do I do? Be real honest. Oh. I don't
1: Um, I think you're nearing that point where a decision needs to be made.
0: Uh, Jesus.
1: Uh, If you're going to shave it or they do have, um, like, semi-permanent hair pieces.
0: Slow Um, your roll. Like. (laughs) Slow your roll. A semi-permanent
1: hair piece. Yeah, um, (laughs) uh, they have, so you would just get rid of the hair that you have currently on the top of your head and they attach a hair piece. So the sides and the back would be your natural hair and they blend really well and they last for weeks. You can, you know, wash them and style them to these normally. Do I take it
0: off at night when I'm sleeping?
1: Very good. No, it's, it's something that they like, uh, glue on for a few weeks and then you go back and say, take it off and like shave whatever regrowth you have underneath again and do the process over.
0: Now I'm going to tell you just to describe- And they look
1: really good. They look very natural.
0: I'm going to describe what's happening on my end. My elbow is on the arm of my chair. My- (laughs) head is resting in my left hand. I'm rubbing my temple and staring at the floor. That is my reaction to your suggestion that the best option for me is a semi permanent hairpiece. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. And that is your professional opinion. You went to school for this, and you're saying that legitimately the honest opinion is it's time to bail on what I got, Keep the sides and back. And that tells me you do know what I look like because that's the issue, right? Is the sides and back are still there. So I feel like I don't want (laughs) to just shave it all because then it's going to grow in at different rates. It's going to look weird. But you're saying that if I I came to you and said, what do I do here? You're saying, bail on the top. I will recreate it with fake hair. Come see me every few weeks. Yes. And is this a thing you've done for men? my
1: professional opinion.
0: Is this a thing you Uh, have done? Not me
1: personally. It is a special certification that you have to do. And I have not done that. But um, I've, you know, looked into it enough out of professional curiosity. Um, And I know people who have done it and they liked it a lot. And and it looked great.
0: Now, here's the other thing, because I've always had a widow's peak. Always, since I was a kid. My grandfather had one that's just what I was given. But it's really getting more and more severe as the hairline recedes. Now, when this thing just bounces back, isn't everyone going to be like, you have a wig on, dude?
1: Well, you do have, you know, the issue of people all over know what you look like. (laughs) And they're going to know that you did something but i mean you have to weigh it against like how much would it help with your confidence and how you look and how much would it you know be upsetting to you that people know you have to weigh the options there
0: now i'm going to i'm going to bring up i'm going to bring up uh, uh, just a couple thoughts and then another question first thought okay. first thought is that this is a Truly hard conversation to have, it is somewhat humiliating. I'm having it publicly. (laughs) Second reaction I'll say though is here's why it's worth it. The first 10 minutes of this call, you were riddled with so much anxiety and now I'm hearing you laughing and I'm gonna call you out on something. I'm actually listening to you actively hold back more laughter that you're on the phone with me giving me my professional <laughs> your professional opinion that I should wear a semi-permanent hairpiece. I'm hearing you enjoying it. So it's bringing you joy during a stressed up period, so I'll allow it. Third question. Do I just shave my head and start wearing a hat? Or is it the melon head eyebrows thing? Okay, that's what it really is. That's what it really is. You know what I look like. I'm super pale. My forehead is insanely large, and my eyebrows, you can barely even see them. Everybody always says, oh, when you're going bald, you just shave your head. I feel like if I do that, your professional opinion, would I look insane if I shave my head down to the skin?
1: Um, no, not insane. I mean, I don't... Be honest. i like looking at a picture of you right now.
0: If you're near a computer and you Um, need to do a quick Google image search, that's fine.
1: (laughs) Um, If the size of your forehead is already a concern, having no hair and just forehead keeps going is going to make it seem bigger.
0: My childhood nickname was Megahead, and that's when I was nine. That was before the hairline (laughs) receded at all. They used to call me mega head because of my forehead when I was a child with full hair now I'm 40 and I feel like, Oh God. Oh God. This is a disaster. And Okay. And let me, let me ask you again. honestly. No, 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 please. This is great. Cause you're giving it to me straight. Cause you're a professional. Whereas other people are like, Oh no, you're doing fine. I'm not doing fine. We all know I'm not doing fine. Let me ask you another professional opinion. Let me ask you another yeah. professional thing. So I've always worn my hair a little like messy on top. Now that the hairline's receding, I feel like the front half almost the only saving grace is that it kind of almost looks like a weird faux hawk. This front part. But you be honest with me. Oh. When I when you look at me, am it's I getting a
1: so full am, mohawk?
0: You think that might help? No, my question is, am I getting away with that? Or is everyone just looking at that going, oh, Jesus, this is getting sad. And you can be honest. You can be brutally honest. (laughs) You have been thus far.
1: I think it's worked pretty well so far. But you're getting to that point where you got to make a decision.
0: (laughs) Oh, and you're saying, you're saying I have to make a decision. But if that, if you were me as and had lifelong mockery of your forehead, don't shave. I would your, not go go oh, bald. Good God, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna look like a. I look like I just. I'm. You know what I'm gonna look like? I'm gonna look like a pale creature that just crawled out of the ground after twenty years of living in subterranean life. Oh, good God. Oh good god!
1: It's gonna be okay.
0: So, what do they do with the semi-permanent hairpiece? Like, do they look at old pictures of me back when my hairline was at its most healthy, and then match that? Because they can't. I can't go from having a widow's peak my whole life to all of a sudden having like an actual hairline that goes straight across. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know if they have ones that have a widow's peak. I would think so. Oh, Jesus, this Um, is the... It's something you'll have to look into more if you're really considering it. But uh, I, you know, I think it's an option that could help you feel better about your appearance and uh, help you not have to endure more forehead jokes.
0: (laughs) Now, if we do Beautiful (laughs) Canonymous next year, if this Beautiful Canonymous happens next year... First of all, I hope I'm up there doing backflips because that guy from the parkour call called me to do taught me to do backflips. But now if I go on stage and I have a thick head of hair, the whole crowd's gonna start chanting semi permanent hairpiece. Here's a question. Okay, okay, here's a question. How about this? Next year we do beautiful canonymous in Brooklyn. You, in the meantime, get the certification to do this thing. Now You
1: want me to install it on stage?
0: Not on stage because I don't know how long it takes and I don't want you under pressure. Oh, okay. The last thing I need is you feeling pressure okay. of having hundreds of people watching and fucking it up. But day one, <laughs> Thursday night, I go on stage, no semi-permanent hairpiece. And then at some point throughout <laughs> the weekend, you and I meet up during the day, you do it, and then I go on stage with a whole new head of hair, And I don't mention it.
1: I (laughs) I think people might be on to us though from this talk right now.
0: But they'll know they'll know when they'll all erupt cheering because they'll go, He's up there with a full head of hair doing backflips. He's like a whole new man. Cause I'll tell I'll tell you too. I
1: love it.
0: Well, here's the other thing. And tell me if this would. I
1: will be. get the certification.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way this hairline's going, cause here's the other thing that I found out is just having, having a child has also just accelerated the aging process. I got more wrinkles than I had a year ago. It's pronounced, I got less hair and it's just exhaustion, stress, worry, not eating right. All these things. Anyway. The only thing I've been thinking of is if I shave my head. Okay, okay. I'm going to tell you and anyone listening that I'm about to say something truly sad. So brace yourself. Because this is truly just so sad, what I'm about to say. I have long pondered that I might have to shave my head but that for me to pull that off, I would have to get really jacked. It's the only way I'd look normal. If I remain my sort of like schlubby doughy self and had a shaved head, that's, maybe if I get real jacked, it'll help and I'll look tough. I don't know. What do you think?
1: <laughs> um, I think that's a confidence thing. I think... Oh, God. You would feel better about yourself if you had a better, uh, a better opinion of your body to maybe counteract the fact that you're uncomfortable being bald. I don't think it's a matter of just the appearance. I think it's how you pull it off.
0: Now, the only you thing... Know, The only thing I'll disagree with is that you didn't need the second half of that sentence. You could have just stopped at your confidence will be better if you felt better about your body. You didn't have to add in the thing about bulge for that to even apply. And that's my whole life right there.
1: That's Yes, I feel it.
0: God damn it, but I just like cheese. Cheese is delicious. We'll figure it out.
1: As a lactose intolerant person.
0: Oh, sorry.
1: I punish myself all the time for cheese.
0: I've been looking but up. I
1: understand.
0: Now, oh, do those hair regrowth pills work? I was looking them up and I think I can't take them with my medications, but I've been looking up those like hair regrowth pills. But then I worry those are just BS.
1: Um, the only thing I know that works is Rogaine. And hair plugs. Let me tell you. Other than that, it's going to be
0: fake hair. And let me tell you, Rogaine doesn't work that well. But you're not even supposed to. I use. Okay, oh, no. God. I'm about to admit something so sad. I use. <clears throat> you're not supposed to use Rogaine on a receding hairline. And I, I've still tried. They tell you this is just for the back. This is just for the male pattern baldness. But I don't think it really oh. works up there. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I'm glad that gave you some laughs. Let's get back to you. Now, how old are you? How old are you? Uh, Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I know this is not across the board, and a lot of this with the with the COVID stuff was a uh, an early dialogue that I think actually did cause people to take it less seriously. But in general, if you're young and you're healthy, um you're more likely to be okay. This is, I think that was overstated. We all know there's some people where that has not been the case. But in general, if you're older, more danger. Pre-existing health problems, more danger. So do you take any comfort in that? Or is this just making you kind of live in fear and ponder mortality? The idea that you have to go back to work. I hate to be so blunt about it, but where is the anxiety coming from? And does that bring you any uh, relief from it?
1: Um, honestly, I'm not that concerned about getting it. I'm concerned about who I would spread it to.
0: Right, right, right. Are there? Like,
1: pe- I have family members that are at a higher risk. And I could never live with knowing that I got it and gave it to them. Yeah. And that's potentially you know could kill them yeah you know if I got it and the worst happened I'm not that concerned about it honestly which sounds like I'm suicidal but I'm not from um but I'm more worried about you know who I could give it to and especially like you know at my work I could give it to my whole client base before I even show symptoms yeah and that's Terrifying.
0: Yeah, because I guess that's true. Somebody comes and, you know, in first thing I on a get Monday. It all
1: my coworkers.
0: Yeah, somebody comes in on a Monday, and by the end of Wednesday, you might have given it to everybody who passed through the doors that day. Let alone go right. home. And wait, you said you have a roommate, though. Do you live with? Do you live with family that would be at risk?
1: No, no. I, I uh, just my roommate and I, but. Um, my family's very, very close and it's been very difficult for us not to all be together. Yeah. And I think with things reopening, like what my very first client that I have going back to work today is my younger brother. So, you know, if something were to happen where there was an exposure in our workplace, uh, because the salon's actually been open for a few days. This is just the first day I'm going back. Um, you know, if there's already been an exposure, I could give it to my brother or he could contract it from being in the salon and take that back home to, you know, my mom and my stepdad. It's just, it's a tough thing to think about. Yeah,
0: It is. And wait, you said your brother also works there or he's a, he is your first? No, he's
1: uh he's going to be my first client today.
0: That's pretty, uh, um,
1: that's,
0: that's pretty, the idea that your brother is your first client as pretty heartwarming stuff, but also scary in light of everything you're saying.
1: Right. I think, um, I'm hoping that, you know, the fact that it'll be a family member will help me feel a little more comfortable. I kind of did that on purpose, to be honest. Right. Um, I tried to get like people I'm really close with in first to kind of ease some of my worries, but then it's a, it's a double edged sword because I'm exposing those people potentially.
0: Yeah, that's a lot to think about. A lot to think about.
1: And I. Uh, I know the whole mask debate is really out of control. I will say I am pro people wearing masks in public. Um, My salon requires that a mask be worn by everyone in the building at all times, which is wonderful. Um, But I'm also claustrophobic and high anxiety. And I am worried about being able to breathe. It's a lesser concern. Because I can, you know, step out and take the mask off outside for a little bit, and come back in. But you now that I don't know how often that's gonna happen, and I'm worried about it happening in the middle of a service, that would be a, a little embarrassing.
0: Yeah, but understandable. No one's gonna get mad at you about that.
1: It's just like, oh, I don't know. I I guess I can't really nail down specifically one cause of my trepidation to go back. Uh, it's just all the factors, a lot of unknowns still about like, if the procedures we've put in place are going to be effective or are going to be even plausible to actually do in a salon environment. So it's all just kind of up in the air, which automatically triggers my anxiety. I don't know where I'm going with that exactly. It's just, it's all very difficult
0: to wrap my head around. Now, can I ask you? I don't know. It's not totally fair because I don't, I only know your description situation as you've described it today. If it came down to a yes or no, I'm, are you comfortable walking into that place? Yes or no? Let's pause there because this is the big one. I bet we're all wondering this. You want to walk in there or not? You feeling pressure or not? What's your gut telling you? Let's just put it out there. Simple. One word. We'll find out when we get back. Let's hear where this caller's at. Let's hear where this one's going to go. Are you comfortable walking into that place? Yes or no? No. Is there any part of you that's given serious thought to saying, I quit, I can't do this?
1: Um, not quitting. I, I did seriously consider, like I said, living off what I have right now and trying to do like a, a sabbatical, you know, maybe wait a couple more months. But it, it came down to my clients. I would be letting down my clients or they would have to go to someone else or wait for me. And I don't want to put them in that position. And like you said, you know, if I lose clients, that's, you know, I'm pretty new to this career. I'm still building my clientele. If I lose you know, 10 clients, that's almost half of my client base because I was, afraid to go back to work. So they went somewhere else.
0: And have you heard from any of these clients? Are they reaching out to you saying, oh, this is opening back up again. We got to get back in there.
1: Oh yeah. I had, uh, when they, you know, announced Ohio reopening certain things, before they even announced what or when, I had people asking, you know, to be booked as soon as possible. And I had, you know, a running list list, during my quarantine of about 20 people that were saying, you know, as soon as you can get me an appointment, I would like to get an appointment. So as soon as they announced when we would reopen, I, you know, went through and contacted all of those people and 90% of them booked for these first couple weeks going back.
0: Now, I'm going to say something here that I think is fair to say and that I think you don't feel like you can say it to yourself. You're allowed to bail if you want to bail. If now that it's coming down to the moment of truth and you're like, I feel totally fucked up about this. I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm going to be sitting there with a mask on, not comfortable. If any of those people get mad at you, who cares? It'll be fine. And if you take a sabbatical and you come back with zero clients, there was a time in your life when you had zero clients and now you have 20 or 30 clients. You can do it again. It might not be the same people. If you want to bail, you are allowed to. Nobody can hold that against you, not right now. And uh if you, you know, if you really do the soul searching and feel like it's not worth it or you look at it and say, I don't want to deplete my savings right now. You're also allowed to do that. But I'm just telling you from my end as a rational human being and somebody who's just hearing the nerves and the anxiety in your voice, you don't have to if you don't want to. It's fine. If people get annoyed at you, I'll be totally honest and say those people are being selfish if anybody tries to make you feel guilty about it. You're within your rights to do whatever you want.
1: Thank you. Um, I, I do think I needed to hear that, and it's obviously something I would have to talk to, you know, my boss about. But I, I have been kind of considering, like, depending on how today goes, maybe I don't book anything past what I'm currently booked. So you know, only the next two to three weeks, and then take another break. Um, But realistically, I'm almost positive that at some point today I will have a panic attack. Um, I'm kind of just hoping I, I can hold out until I'm ready to leave work tonight.
0: Well, you told me earlier that your panic attacks get to the same point mine do. And I forget exactly how you phrased it. But you indicated that when they are at their worst, you feel like you might die. That's never worth it. Yeah. It's never worth it. And I can tell you from experience There's a number of situations in my life where I remember feeling very, very obligated to other people and a handful of things that I can think of where I bailed pretty hard and where it felt very hard to bail and very much like I was gonna let people down or people were gonna get mad at me. And Lord knows, as someone with mental issues, let alone someone raised by an Irish Catholic mother, The idea that people would be mad at me kills me on the inside. I'll also tell you that the times that I'm thinking of when I pulled the trigger and bailed gave me an instant sense of relief and no regrets. And that more often than not, they were met with understanding. Not always, but people going, oh, I didn't realize how much pressure you were feeling and actually met with compassion. Bailing can be a very good and healthy thing. And if you're if you're going to go in there and you're going to feel like, "Oh, my clients need me, but I'm assuming that by the end of the day I'm going to get pushed to a mental place where I'm hyperventilating behind a mask feeling like I'm about to die." Fuck that. If you're really feeling that, I'm not saying bail right now, but I'm saying if you walk out your front door and you're hyperventilating, just call your clients and say, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm just seeing too many people who aren't taking this seriously. And unfortunately, it makes me feel like none of us are going to be totally safe until people start. Really uh, really going by the advice of of what we should all be doing. You're allowed to bail. Bailing can feel great. Bailing can feel so great. <laughs> it can. Oh,
1: uh, that sounds so reasonable right now. That it didn't sound that way, you know, in my head when I've been thinking about it for weeks. I am at a point that, like, you know, getting up to today, I feel like I should have just told my boss earlier, like, I'm, I'm too nervous. I can't do it, but I uh, have a problem with asking for help.
0: Me too. And can I ask a tough question, and we have less than 10 minutes left. You mentioned your mom and your stepdad. Are either of them people who are at greater risk?
1: Um, yes.
0: No one's going yeah. to no be mad at you. No one's going to be mad at you. No one's going to be mad at you. If they go and get their hair cut by someone else, maybe they'll come back, maybe they won't, but they're not going to hold it against you. If you reach out and say, when I go out on the streets, when I go to stores, people are just not taking this seriously. I have some at-risk family members, and unfortunately, I feel like I just, even, even though we're now reopening businesses like mine, I just feel on a personal level, I have to have some responsibility in my family right now. If anybody gets mad at you about that, that person, pardon my French, sorry Sally, ahead of time, A big old piece of shit asshole. If they get mad at you for saying that, and you don't want them in your life anyway, they don't deserve to look good, they don't deserve to feel the magic of what you can craft with your hands upon their head.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, another thing that's come up through all of this is like, you know, I love, I part of why I love my job so much is. My coworkers are absolutely amazing. We're a pretty big salon. Um, We have about 20, 25 service providers. And they're amazing people. I love working with them. Everyone's very helpful and considerate. But I've been kind of like gaslit for my anxiety through all of this. And people telling me that, you know, I'm young and I'll be fine and that, I sh- you know, I'm not going to freak out in the math. I'm going to be able to breathe just fine. And all, all these shitty things that don't help my anxiety at all. And it's been really hard for me not to say, like, fuck you to all of them. Sorry, Sally. But it's like all these people that I trust and admire so much that have helped get me to this point in my career that are just shitting all over how I've been feeling and really making me feel like I'm not valid for being afraid. And I know that I am.
0: Listen, maybe they're mentally tougher than you. That's fine. This idea that we have to be tough, as tough as the next person, it gets us all in a lot of trouble. I think about it a lot with my son of like, I I look at my childhood and a lot of it was defined by this need to be tough. And there were situations where, you know, I, I was put in situations as a kid where I'm fist fighting other kids, even though I was tiny. And there was almost like a weird sense of, well, it's okay, it'll make you tough. We don't need to be so fucking tough anymore. We don't. If other people are tougher than you, that's fine doesn't give them any more value it doesn't give you any less value. That's fine you're not there you're not as tough as them. who cares that's not that's not value on who you are people get people get like that with me there's times where like like uh even with my comedy, for example, I've performed on stage the two biggest crowds I think I've performed in 12,000 people and 5,000 people and I can walk on a stage knowing there's 12,000 people, and I can feel no anxiety at all. It's what I do. It's my comfort zone. But if I go to a restaurant, and I, I've i been in situations where I will order a dish, and the server will bring literally a different dish. They will have mixed something up. I will just eat it. and. People who will be with me will go, what are you doing? And I'll go, no, 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 I don't want to insult them. I don't want to get them in trouble. I don't want to make them mad. And I'll be sitting there unable to breathe. So I can walk on stage in front of 12,000 people and talk for half an hour and trust that I'm going to entertain them. And, and and they might boo me off the stage if I don't do well. I've been booed off the stage by about 1,500 people. at The Music Hall of Williamsburg, I was booed off the stage four times in one night hosting a show. I'm fine with that. But- If a waiter brings me, if I order a veggie burger and and they bring me a bowl of pasta, I'll just eat the pasta. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. It's okay. And that's fine. If that makes me not tough or not normal, that's fine. That's okay. I don't have to be tough. I don't have to be normal. It's just fine. That is what it is. If anybody's got an opinion on it, you can send back your bowl of pasta. I don't need, I'll eat the pasta. Mm -hmm not what I wanted. The sauce is too heavy for me. It's going to give me stomach problems later. That's my choice. That's fine. And if you are the type of person who can go, excuse me, this is actually not what I ordered. Great. I understand that it's ridiculous. I can't do that. It's who I am. I'm not going to apologize for that. It's okay.
1: Can I ask, do you, because I've, I've experienced this and as another person with anxiety, I'm curious, do you have the what I've heard people refer to as the mom friend override where like if someone else is having an anxiety about something, you can suddenly do it. No problem.
0: I'm great at giving advice that I do not give myself. I do that. I do not abide by myself. Oh. I think that's my version of that. that hits home. <laughs> right? Where That's the similar thing. Yeah, though, like right? I
1: won't like ask. Yeah. Yeah. I won't like ask first. A bottle of ketchup at a restaurant myself for me. but if someone else needs one,
0: uh, I, would, I can
1: do it and not think twice.
0: If a friend of mine is in a situation where they feel put upon, I will click i will I will kick down doors to get them feeling comfortable. And if I was in the same exact situation,
1: right. what is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's listen. Let's be honest. you and me're me, we fucked up in the head. It's fine. Who cares? Oh, yeah. And if oh, there's any time where it's okay, it's right now. There's a disease we don't have a cure for. You're so yeah. Bail yeah. on whatever you want to bail on right now. That goes to anybody. Bail on anything you feel like bailing on right now. And if anybody in your life has a problem with it, fuck them. We don't have a cure for a weird disease. We don't quite know where it even came from. We don't know any, it's and a non-political statement right here. There's so much information out there that you can't, it's, it's actually impossible to trust any of the information because there's so much conflicting information. So yeah, if you want to stay home, stay okay. home. If anybody gets mad at you, fine, be mad. And if you want to go to a restaurant and not wear a mask because that's freedom to you, more power to you. I'll eat a can of mixed vegetables at my house that don't taste very good. (laughs) And we can be fine with that. We can both be fine with that. Okay? Oh, anybody else, anything, if it it. gets in the way of your sense of safety. You don't. Can I ask you another? Can I ask you?
1: For the first time.
0: What's that? Good, good. Then maybe take it. And I'm not trying to be any sort of hero here. It's just you're calling me up scared about a thing you have to do today, and I don't know if you talked about that with anyone else, honestly. So I do feel bound to go. If you're scared, don't. You're allowed to not do it. So I'm just. It's nobody else's right to tell you what you feel safe and comfortable with, and uh, don't don't let them convince you that it is their right. It's not.
1: Thank you. It's it's good to hear and something that I need to remind myself of.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm really glad I had the chance to talk about things today.
0: Me too. Thank you for calling. Good luck. I got to think about this hair piece. Okay, thank you so much. (laughs) Caller, thank you. Uh, First of all, for the personal advice on my appearance. Secondly, for opening up and being so honest. And I know I really hammered it home, so I don't need to reiterate it, but this goes for anybody out there. You gotta protect yourself. You gotta protect your family. You gotta make sure that your integrity, your morals, your choices belong to you. It's one of the only things you can guarantee in life. Don't let anybody guilt you or push you into anything. Most of all, again, thank you for calling. Thank you to Anita Flores. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Shellshag for the music. If you want to know more about my show, that Twitch show that was mentioned, it's so fun. It's every Wednesday night, planetscum.live. If you like Beautiful Anonymous, go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, it really helps. If you want our entire back catalog, Stitcher Premium is where it's at. StitcherPremium.com slash stories for more details. Thanks so much for listening.